Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. One game, an NBA Finals seventh game. One game. The difference between basketball immortality and crushing disappointment. One game, a chance to become a legend, a hero, a champion. What motivates me now more than ever is winning another championship. It's going to take heart. It's going to take an uncanny amount of energy and strength. To win a championship, it was one of the most emotional times of my life because that's what I play for. One game, a chance for a legacy to grow. One final game, a season-long journey draws to a close. Top of the world! Top of the world! All right, and we are continuing uh, talking about the best uh, Game 7s in NBA Finals history. Uh, we are down to our number four choice of the Miami Heat taking on the San Antonio Spurs in the 2013 NBA Finals. The Heat winning 95 to 88. And, you know, this is series is definitely best remembered for the remarkable game six, really one of the greatest um, NBA games in uh, history. But, you know, game seven was pretty close. Yeah, it got overshadowed a little bit by, you know, the game six and rightfully so. I mean, like you mentioned, and that's not what this podcast is about, is, it, you know, talking game six. We should do that. The best game sixes of all time. Well, that'll be our series next time. But I mean, that's an incredible game. And then when it was over, like everybody was just sort of like worn out in a lot of ways. And I remember this game seven got really lost and I remember watching it and really enjoying it. But it was like, 
ah, I wasn't, it's not the same. Like, you know, it, like you were almost disappointed because it wasn't as incredible as that game six was. Cause as you said, like in, in my years of watching basketball, that might have been the most excited and most like nerve. like, I, I don't even know how to describe There's so many emotions in that. And I, I didn't really have a vested interest in either of those teams, but this game seven definitely deserves a little bit of credit as well. I mean, it was, it was an absolutely spectacular one. And, and though, you know, 95 to 88 doesn't sound very close it felt a lot closer and, and and people that remember watching it remember that it was much closer than maybe that score indicates. And that's why it's, you know, our fourth, you know, game seven of all time. Cause it, it, it's a spectacular game. It's a really, really great game. Yeah. And neither team had a, a bigger lead than seven points throughout. I mean, the, the Spurs were up seven, you know, pretty early on in the first quarter, I think midway through the first, and then the heat were only up by seven at the very end. So, I mean, it's really, it was a two point game going into the, uh, you know, with 24 seconds left. And then, um, uh, LeBron, um, after Duncan, he, he misses a pretty easy um, uh, layup, uh, you know, and then and then misses the follow-up tip in like a two-footer in the lane, um, and then he get the ball. Um, I think Bosch got the rebound, and then uh, they end up calling a timeout, and uh, LeBron just hits just a you know a, a deadly uh, jumper right on um, Kawhi Leonard uh, to put the Heat up by four. And then um, after that, uh, on the Spurs' next chance, um, uh, Manu Ginobili sort of drives into the uh, drives near the basket, gets under the basket, sort of throws a wild pass, and LeBron catches it, and then it's free throws to uh, basically seal the game from there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, while I I agree with, with what you're talking about, how it did seem like these teams were emotionally spent. It did still like it really felt like a hard fought, intense, like well played game, despite that feeling of like, you know, of, uh, you know, not quite even though there's a sense of not quite adding up to game six. It it's still like it was a stronger, more intense game than I kind of recall it being, even though I did recall it being uh, very good. And obviously it's ranks highly in our list of games. Yeah, absolutely. And and I remember that series for, for a few different things. And you mentioned, and, and specifically this game as well, uh, you mentioned the Manu Ginobili and his, you know, he had a lot of kind of issues in, the, in, in big stretches throughout that series. There was one time I forgot he like dribbled off his foot or something like that, if I remember correctly. I don't recall what game that was. Maybe game six. And then and then this one, as you mentioned as well, that was like patently, you know, he, he gets down there, he's down below the basket, and then he just tosses it away. And it's like, oh, damn, like, like, and that, and that, you know, it seals it for, you know, Miami and just seals it for, for LeBron. But man, it, the one thing I also remember is just how good LeBron James was during this entire series. And during this entire year, I really think, you know, looking at his career and, and we're starting, you know, we're getting to a point, you know, obviously these finals, the ones that are, you know, going on right now, or, you know, by the time you listen to this could possibly be over, you know, we're seeing, you know, monumentally great performances from him in that too. But I just remember this year as being just, I, I don't know if we're going to see a better year from LeBron James or a better, you know, you know, series or just a better playoffs or just anything from LeBron. I mean, this was the the peak efficiency years of LeBron where it was just like unbelievable the stuff he was able to do and, and, and how efficient he was able to be that year. So, yeah. And he, uh, uh, 25 points, uh, 11 rebounds, seven assists, uh, 2.3 steals, uh, for the playoffs on, um, 45% shooting, uh, 35% from, uh, from three point line. Um, just, yeah, I mean, he really delivered, um, some, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, and, and this was like early on in the series, he did, they, uh, the Spurs had the strategy of sort of 
letting him take the jumpers and his, you know, his jumpers were a little bit off kind of early yeah. on in the series. You know, there were a couple of, uh, there's one just huge blowout Spurs win. The Spurs won by almost 40 in the, uh, in the series. Um, but then, you know, eventually uh, LeBron just trusted his jumper weight to a certain extent as well. And they made him pay and they, uh, you know, won two very close games. They were down three, two uh, in, in the series. Um, and, uh, were able to uh, rally at, you know, get the final two games at home in very close fashion and and, and win the series. Absolutely. And uh, the Heat, a uh, little nugget here, the Heat were the fourth team to win the NBA title by coming back from three to two. So, um, uh, and win the final two games at home as well, which is another little caveat. The only uh, people to do that were the LA Lakers in 88 and 2010, and then the Houston Rockets in 1994, a series we talked about not that long ago. So, definitely interesting. And then, you know, James, you know, he secures the, the, the finals MVP, he has 37 points, 12 rebounds. Um, the other remarkable thing, though, too, is is if you watch the highlights and if, if you guys remember the games as well, is that he's guarding Tony Parker during a lot of it and shutting Tony Parker down in a lot of ways, which is, you know, we talk about LeBron and, and, and just what a rare talent he is and how fun it is. I mean, this is a guy who at any given time can guard a center or stick with, you know, one of the fastest, you know, cagiest point guards in the league, too. It's just it's just incredible what he can do and, and, and just appreciate, you know, you know the amount of skills he has, not only offensively, but defensively as well. That's where I've always really enjoyed watching LeBron is, is, is what he can do defensively. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just fantastic on both ends. And I think you're right. You know, just kind of at the uh, peak of his powers here. Um, you know, he had, he tied uh, Tommy Heinsohn's record for uh, most points in an NBA finals game seven win with 37 points, 12 rebounds. Um, yeah. Parker was three for 12 from the field, only 10 points uh, minus eight for the game, I believe. And um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, um, Spurs were, you know, pretty much powered by Duncan who had 24 and 12 uh, Kawhi Leonard, who had 19 points and 16 rebounds. Of course, Leonard would that would be the uh, MVP of the uh, finals of the next season, which would be the rematch between the uh, Spurs and the Heat, which the Spurs would win fairly easily. Um, and and this was kind of his coming out party as well, this series, if, if people remember correctly. I mean, in this game, he played 45 minutes, and, and, and Pop really started to be trusting him at a different level that would lead to you know, the Kawhi Leonard we know today because we, we, we sort of take it for granted that he came in with, you know, he was still very raw at this point. And then that, and this was, I think, uh, this playoff series in general. And then, the, you know, was really the time when you started seeing that, hey, this guy's, this guy's pretty good. This guy's got some talent. And, you know, as, as you said, it would lead, you know, next year to him becoming the finals MVP. So. Yeah. And uh, Wade also, you know, had 23 and 10. Um, and, and he had kind of, it was up and down throughout the series. Um, Bosch actually famously didn't score uh, a point, but was just such so good defensively that, you know, he was able to kind of contribute without, um, you know, without scoring, you know, even though he yeah. struggled from that and he was still a net positive because of just the, you know, his ability to, um, uh, you know, play both interior and, um, you know, and, and go out on shooters and, and defend real well. And uh, I, I guess the surprise uh, star of the game was, Shane Battier, who was a six from eight from three. Uh, and I, he, um, if I recall correctly, he had really struggled with his outside shot for a lot of yes. the playoffs. Yes. So this was kind of like a, you know, Mike Miller did a similar thing the year before where he had kind of struggled for most of the playoffs. And then he had just a, you know, uh, a breakout uh, game five against the, um, against the Thunder and uh, for the Heat to win the first championship. And then Battier kind of did a similar thing on uh, this season. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm firing up the Betty A game logs here because I remember it just being really bad for him, if I remember correctly. Um, I guess it wasn't as bad. Oh, no, it was bad in the earlier seasons, or the earlier series, rather. And then the finals, okay. he kind of he got he it together. It yeah, there, there's, a, okay. there's a bunch of clunkers here against Milwaukee. One of seven, two of seven, one of six, two of seven, oh, four, oh, two. So, yeah, he, and then, but the finals, though, he, um, the first game, oh, of three. This is often three. Uh, second game, one of three. Uh, third game, zero of two. O of one, and then something something got clicked or someone figured it out in the last three games because uh, two of six uh, in game five, uh, three of four in game six, and then of course the six of eight from uh, game seven, and then of course a celebratory Denny's dinner as he it always did. Yeah, which I, I don't know if you remember that his uh, tweeting out of his <laughs> him and his like family at Denny's, which is the greatest way to celebrate the NBA championship. Everybody else is going to clubs, and he's you know. Yeah. Deciding what to get on his uh, his make your own breakfast, but that's yeah, you, you know I don't know if he got. Get... I can't confirm or deny that that if he got breakfast or the dinner, I would hope he got the breakfast. No, Denny's, but uh, you would want to have a Grand Slam breakfast after winning an NBA championship. That would just make sense. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have you ever? Because I don't. I've never personally ate. Have you ever ate the actual the non breakfast food at Denny's? Um, because I always just get the breakfast, regardless I mean, of what I want. I, I probably have, but I don't specifically remember. Like, I, I've been to Denny's, like, maybe three times in my life, so... Yeah, I'm not a fan either. There's so many, like, yeah. little breakfast places I would rather go to or, like, things owned by Greek people that... Uh, I don't know if you guys have those. We have tons of Greek-run breakfast restaurants that are open, like, till ungodly hours of the day, and those are always superior to, you know, obviously Denny's, so... Yeah, we have some Greek restaurants, but but none that I recall that specialize in breakfast, although that's uh, something off the... Oh, it must be a Chicago thing, then. We have, like, everywhere. Every town has, like, six of them, and they're, they're like, everywhere, and they're all, like, huh. they're all the same, and they're all owned by, like, the guys that look the same, even though, like, you assume they're all brothers or whatever. They're all fantastic, and this is, has nothing to do with Game 7, so I guess we should move on, but... Well, you know, but, uh, it's... Uh, I enjoy breakfast food, all right? We're learning you know, about things. I like breakfast food as well. It's, it's a delight. It's my favorite meal of the day. So. Absolutely. All right. I guess I just don't eat it all the time. But well, well, you know, who's obviously. got time? Who's got time to make eggs in the morning? Come on. No, I yeah, I just I just have a good bowl of oatmeal. You know, it makes me happy. Yeah. So, yeah, cup of coffee. Absolutely. I'm a simple man. <laughs> right. So pleasures. Yeah. Um. So game three, our 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 selection uh, for the third choice for our game seven series, uh, Boston Celtics against Los Angeles Lakers. This is the, the yeah, last wow. last time. Who would have we'll thought? This. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought? So how many times did we say them officially then? It, it's oh, um, this is our final time. What was it? Seven? I don't think it was quite that many, but it was a lot. Yeah, it, it was. was <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. What well, would, would have been four of them in the '60s, I believe, um, and um, or maybe just three of them in the '60s. Uh, the 2010, uh, 84. So I, I don't know, six or seven, a high amount. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm sick of them. Yeah. Well, we're done after this. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, this is the, although we do actually get the Celtics and the Lakers again. After I was going to say, we're not, not really, we're not really not, going with it. It's not against each other. No. Um, this is the second of seven finals victories by the Celtics over the Lakers during the, uh, Bill Russell era. Um, and the, uh, or yes, that's right. Yeah. And the first, uh, finals for the Lakers in the city of Los Angeles, they'd of course had moved from Minneapolis a couple years before. Um, this was the fifth title in a row by the for the Celtics and the sixth out of seven. They won this game in overtime, 110 to 107. Uh, Elgin Baylor having uh, 41 and 22 in this game, um, and he had a, a finals record 61 points uh, in Game Five of the series, uh, which the Lakers had uh, won in Boston. Uh, it actually went back to LA in. Um, 
in game seven or excuse me, in game six and the Lakers laid an egg and then went back to Boston and Boston uh, won, uh, won game seven as well. So yeah, they, they were up three two in the series. They definitely had a chance to, uh, they definitely had a chance to make it happen, but it, it did not for them. But uh, Baylor was, he was only, uh, he was only 41 and 18 um, uh, in the series <laughs> uh, with 3.7 assists and um, 43% shooting, uh, which was pretty good in, uh, in this era. He um, doesn't know how to win, though. That's the problem. <laughs> he did not know how to win. Yeah. It <laughs> not was, clutch, yeah. yeah. It, um, it's very much a Baylor and West team. When you, when you look at it, especially at the box score yeah. of this game seven, it's like, right. it, you know, 41 for Baylor, 35 for West, and then a whole pile of nothing. I mean, Selvi, you know, gets 10, you know, Krebs gets eight, but it, it's the rest of it is nothing. It's, it's those two guys just leading the charge. And those two are the, yeah. you know, the all-time greats or whatever, but sure. it's just not enough compared with that Boston team. I mean, there's just too much firepower on that Boston team. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Lakers did have good like role players like, you know, LaRusso was kind of like, a, yeah. you know, a, a good defensive player. I think he actually may have made some other teams like he was, you know, maybe a little better than that, but he wasn't a scorer. You know, that wasn't his role, which is fine. I mean, the Lakers obviously had, you know, some incredible teams. Uh, Jerry West made you know eight finals in his career, only won one. But, you know, in. Uh, they just ran into, you know, they ran into the Celtics a whole bunch of times and no one was beating the Celtics because, you know, they were awesome. So, um, but yeah, and, and Baylor, you know, during this year, he was in the Army Reserve. So he was only like a part time <laughs> right. player. He wasn't able to, you know, train like he usually was. He even said um, there's a really cool um, like a, a, a show, a, a PBS Kurt Gowdy hosted show in the middle of the 1970s talking to uh, Baylor and Frank Selvey and uh, Hot Rod Huntley and Red Auerbach and um, and Kuzi and Heinsohn about, like, you know, going back to this game and showing highlights from the series and just, you know, kind of going back through. And it was just kind of interesting to see, you know, uh, what everyone said. And it was kind of neat to, you know, see them in the middle of the 70s talking about something that happened, you know, 15 years or so before that. Um, but, uh, you know, not to be outdone, uh, Bill Russell only had 30 points and 40 rebounds in this game. Uh, <laughs> Sam Jones with uh, 27 and, and eight, uh, Frank Ramsey with, uh, 23 and five. Um, so, you know, they, they weren't bad either. They had some pretty, uh, they had some pretty strong moments there, but I, I, I guess the guy who this game is most famous for is, uh, is Frank Selby. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Frank Selvey game. <laughs> One of many Frank Selvey games. Yeah. In the future um, that I'm sure we'll talk about, but no. Probably. Sure, sure. Uh, well, you know. Um, so, yeah, the Celtics are up by four. There's a minute to go. It looks like they're going to win. But then Selvey uh, hit a layup around Russell to put them down by two. And then Jerry West gets a steal. He uh, grabs a re uh, – and then he misses the shot. But then Selvey grabs the offensive rebound and hits another close shot to – uh, tie it. And then um, the Celtics miss again. Um, Celti Selvi has a chance to. Selvi has a. No problem. Selvi has a chance to win it. Uh, he takes a pass from a hot rod Huntley, but then misses like a 15 foot baseline shot, which apparently was his shot uh, that rimmed out right as the buzzer sounded. And it's funny because. Uh, Chick Hearn actually makes a mistake in the commentary, thinking that the game is over, but then realizing, oh yeah, we're going to overtime. But unfortunately for the uh, for the Lakers, it was basically over at, at that point. Yeah, it's a good look too. And and, and if you watch, uh, there's some videos on YouTube as well of kind of breaking down this final shot and breaking down you know, everything about it. And you know, you get to a point where. 
And Selby gets a great shot. It's a great look. He's pretty open. He takes it. There, there's sort of rumors or whatever that 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 Kuzi, you know, and and Kuzi does kind of get him on the elbow a little bit. That sort of affects it. And then I, I know Elgin Baylor has a quote as well that he was he was shoved from behind. I've watched the video like seven times, like this is a Pruder film, and I I, uh, I I think Elgin's lying about that. That he was in in perfect position for a rebound and he got shoved into the referee or whatever. And if you watch, like he really wasn't anywhere near there, but that's okay, Elgin. That's fine. You you did an yeah, okay I, job. But Selby had really, a good look. Selby had a great look. Yeah, I I didn't really see that either. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Elgin did enough in this game for you know for him to exactly, not to right. certainly. Uh, you know, uh, hang his head high, but, uh, at the, and yeah, there's a good, you know, a good fourth quarter as well. I mean, that, that's a guy too, who's going to be remembered, you know, or, or is remembered rather, you know, for kind of missing that shot, but there was a lot of stuff he did to get them in there and get them to that point where they were tied to go in overtime. So, so that, that's, that's Absolutely. worthwhile to kind of mention as well. So, and it's a oh, good yeah. look too. I mean, it's one, it's a look that, you know, probably nine times out of 10. And, and that's what everybody said is that, yeah, that's his shot. That's his look. And it, it's, it's point blank. It's right on target. And it just, you know, it just doesn't go in sometimes it, Life sucks, especially when you're playing with Jerry West in the finals. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. What can you do? Uh, so uh, Heinsohn and uh, Ramsey end up fouling out, um, and so Russell is there to kind of pick up the uh, scoring slack. There's highlights of him getting a uh, give and go with um, with Kuzi, I believe, or maybe it might have been another Celtic guard. I think it was Kuzi, yeah. And um, and then this, and then the Celtics are also able to pull ahead after uh, Sam Jones hits a couple of. Uh, jumpers, including one that put them up 109 and 103, and basically, you know, ended the uh, Lakers' chances. And then there's this, there's the famous image of Bob Cousy sort of burning time off the clock uh, at the, you know, at the end of the overtime by uh, dribbling around the uh, backcourt and then the crowd, as as they were uh, wont to do during this uh, era, you know, up until the <laughs> 80s, would uh, then rush the court as, uh, you know, the the play is ending. So. And sometimes ruin the uh, the final possession of the game. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we, we, yeah, we've seen multiple times. That that's one of the themes of watching these. Like, because we have a playlist together. You know, you created a, of all these game sevens or whatever, and you you see like the final like. 10 seconds is just always a mess. Like there's, there's, you know, a famous one where, where, you know, Magic Johnson and the crew has to be like, guys, get off the court so we can like finish this game. And then, you know, there's one we're going to talk about in our final episode too, where like, like there's still time on the clock and the crowd's just decided, no, we're going to take over the court now. And then the game's just kind of over. And it's just like, well, okay, <laughs> like that, that's fine, I guess. But this one, I mean, it, it was, it was over, but yeah, it, it, it it's a very funny, and it's, it's an image you've seen. 10,000 times as Kuzi, you know, very close to the ground dribbling, you know, in circles to, to, know put a finale on the or put a final touch on the game but definitely a great game and definitely one well worth you know our 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 ranking as we have it you know not not in the top two but but certainly well worth being top five absolutely um i yeah i guess i believe this was the first overtime nba finals uh, game seven if i'm uh if i'm not mistaken um and um yeah, Frank Selvey had a uh, interesting little career. Um, it just kind of like shows you like the just you know the way the league was uh, during this time. But he uh, he began his career in uh, for the old uh, Baltimore Bullets in 1955. But that was the year that the Baltimore Bullets uh, disbanded after like uh, after 14 games. So he ended up after that on the Milwaukee Hawks, who moved to St. Louis the next year. And then he misses a year because of military service. And then the <laughs> following year, he is he splits between uh, St. Louis and uh, 
and Minneapolis. And then he goes to the Knicks for a season. And then he splits the next season to between Syracuse and then another year in Minneapolis. And then he ends up moving to uh, with the Lakers to Los Angeles and spends four years there. He's actually a two-time All-Star, including this season with the uh, Lakers. He was 29 years old. So, um, you know, that, that's, it's one of those kind of like, you know, like just <laughs> – you're, you're part of the league and you're just, you know, I mean, not that guys don't bounce around today, but, you know, there aren't, there haven't been any teams that have disbanded, you know, 14 games in the 14 games since, <laughs> yeah. since then. So, you know, and having to, you know, just, you know, go from, I mean, hypothetically, so the Sixers, the, hypothetically, the Sixers do that, but not, you know, that's right, fine. right. Yeah. N not, not an actual, <laughs> they still play the games though. Yes. And, they and, do play the games. And, yes. Yeah. You don't get pulled out of military for military service either. I don't believe, uh, Although Andrew That's Bogut, any minute now, when, when Australia, next time Australia invades somebody, I'm sure Bogut will uh, be front of the line to, to, he'll, to be, he'll be anxious to go. Yeah, he's <laughs> not, much, say. not much use in the series at this point. So Exactly, um, right. So he, he'll be more than happy to yes. serve his, uh, his his native land. But yeah, no, yeah. that's uh, just the interesting path. Again, yeah. disbanding, yeah. And then, you know. Yeah. You know it's just it, it, it's just interesting because, yeah, we always hear, you know, you know that, that comment, oh, back in my day, you know, players stayed with their teams or whatever. But, yeah, your teams kind of went away sometimes, too, and, like, <laughs> could pay the bills. So our, our teams can yeah. pay the bills, old man. That's true, yeah. Hypothetical so have, grandpa I'm arguing with. So right, right. I'm sure hypothetical grandpa is listening to this in right now. And <laughs> Absolutely. Very, very he loves podcasts. Ass. Yeah, he does. He loves podcasts. Um, yeah, we're recording this right before game six of the uh, final. So, he, of course, like, Bogus probably going to, like, score, like, you know, going like, yeah, to, like, 30 15 and have, like, 30 dunk, rebounds yeah. or something. Yeah, right. and so we'll, we'll look silly. <laughs> but, eh, you know, what happens? That's fine. Uh, hey, we're, we're out yeah. there with bold predictions. What, what's your bold prediction for this game that everybody will, that by the time everybody listens to, it will have already happened? Uh, I feel like it's going to be close, but that the uh, Warriors will, uh, will will pull it out in uh, Game Six to to win the series. I believe they will as well. So All right. we will see. All right, I we'll hope see. we're wrong. Just so everybody can. Laugh. I would love a Game Seven. I, I mean, I would actually. I mean, yeah, I, and part so. of me, I really want the Warriors to win. Like, I re I really do because I actually generally like the Warriors. Um, and, and would love yeah. to see you know you know it's symbolic for us because you know our first podcast ever was about Rick Barry and that was the last time the oh, Warriors yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, so, yeah, the so, fact but, that we're doing a series right now of an NBA Finals Game Seven, it would be kind of cool if it went to Game Seven. You know, it'd it, be like, it yeah, be you nice, know, like, yeah. like it it would really help our like advertising to be like, hey, here's an NBA Finals Game Seven. Oh, wait a minute, like, yeah, <laughs> what is this <laughs> seven five, like eight podcast about yeah. yeah about NBA Finals Game Sevens? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nice. so that'll be fun. But it, it would be nice yeah. So I don't know. I'm torn. Yeah, exactly right. So I'm, I'm a little torn, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, if the Warriors win the series, you could basically give us credit for that by, I mean, our Rick Barry podcast, I think. Right. They haven't won any other year. And, and every other year we haven't done a podcast about Rick Barry. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's, it's, you know, put two and two together, people. It's 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 right there in front of you. So, yes, I, I am personally taking credit for it. So, sorry. yeah. I think either way, either team winning is a good story and great for their fan bases who have suffered through a lot. So you exactly know, right, um, right, and then, and then and that's the other thing too. A part of me is also like, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst if Cleveland won, you know, as well. It, it would fit the story, it fit the narrative, but uh, I really want the. I don't know. I'm I'm very jaded. I'm just yeah. happy. I, everybody have a good time and nobody get hurt. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, it would be cool for the. <laughs> it, I, I could, it would be a fun story if the Warriors won this year and then you know Cleveland gets. Irving and Love back and sort of figures out, mm -hmm. okay, we have this interesting identity we forged during the finals, but now we have like our great talent back. Let's, you know, we kind of figured out a, a, a um, you know, a template here and let's sure. go and, and make a run and be really motivated all season. And then, you know, and, and, and try to get a rematch if possible, you know, not that both teams wouldn't have to go through a lot to do that, but you know, you could see that being something to look forward to next season.
So certainly like, like sort of the Miami big three model where it's like, okay, okay. We, we, we were kind of weird at first. We got it now. We're good. Let's go. And then, you know, yeah. Yeah. Then, right. So. When Bosch's injury kind of forced them to have like figure out their identity. You could see that kind of being a similar thing um, here. Depend, yeah. You know, whether love would fit that or is, you know, a, a question for, for other people, but you know, that's just, that's something I can think of. Of course, as a Hawks fan, I would be disappointed because you know, I'm perpetually disappointed because our team's attention, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I think we should close this one out, Rich, and I think we should get to our uh, to our final show on the game. Season, yes. Uh, you know, before we I don't know, before we do something. The big countdown. I wonder if people are guessing right now and, and plotting and, and scheming and wondering what are those last two games? What are those final two? You could probably guess pretty easily. I, I mean, you know, we did all of them. So I would think <laughs> I would hope that probably I, but I mean, that's a lot of effort, that's a lot of effort to, you know, look up a Wikipedia or whatever. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, that's yeah. who wants to do that. Who's got time for that? Uh, so. Who's got time for that? Indeed. So. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, uh, we'll be back uh, in your earballs soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.